0: The News
1: Power Hour. Welcome to the Biz News Power Hour, where we give you the rational perspective on business news that matters. Yeah, indeed we do. And tonight we've got one of our favorite investment gurus. Uh, his name is Dr. Richard Smith, and he's from the chairman of the Foundation for Study of Cycles. He really is one of the the, the world leading insights uh, just, or people to give us insights, there, Justin?
2: Just so articulate, Alec, and and we're getting that news straight, fresh off Wall Street. It's great to have a US opinion. Um, and looking forward to what Dr. Smith can share with us today.
1: Yeah, we'll be talking to him about cryptocurrencies as well, which should be quite a lot of fun. And then Andres Siliers from Treasury One, he's got good insights on the RAND. I know you were keen to have this subject on the show tonight.
2: I'm very interested Alec. Um, the RAND is strengthening considerably at 14 RAND. We don't know what's going to happen with rate hikes in the U.S. and locally with inflation um, pumping up a little bit. And that affects the the RAND dollar, and the RAND dollar affects the JSC. So that's why I'm interested.
1: And we have our colleague, Nadia. Nadia Mm -hmm. Swart, joining us from Cape Town. Nadia, nice to have you on the show for the first time. What are you going to be telling us about tonight?
3: Um, I'm going to just briefly discuss the Helen Zilla video and Nick Hudson videos that I did. So I think that the themes between the two are quite important and very vital, for more people to actually hear about. Uh,
1: the, the, that's not the big viral Nick Hudson video that uh, YouTube were very unhappy with you about.
3: It is indeed.
1: It is the same one. Well, we look forward to hearing from Nadia <laughs> about that. She looks after Biz News TV and most of the stuff that's on that channel. Uh, but before we go any further, let's find out what's going on in the world generally. Here's our editor at large. Jackie Cameron with a flash briefing.
4: Investors in South African assets need a lot more convincing that the government crackdown on corruption will prove effective. That's according to Bloomberg, which notes that the RAND strengthened, government bonds climbed, and the benchmark stock index hit a one-week high after the ruling ANC suspended its Secretary General Ace Magaschule. Magaschule had defied an ultimatum to vacate his post. Griffin Asset Management's Kasi Triernecht, a portfolio manager, is quoted as saying... The ANC can suspend everyone, but the key lies with prosecuting them. Those accused need to be prosecuted and prosecuted hard. Trienich says that investors will remain sceptical and the RAND will continue to take its cue from commodities. Lebanon has acted against a Turkish company that operates floating electricity plants and is linked to a South African state energy programme that has been put on hold in connection with corruption allegations. The Lebanon National News Agency, reports that the power-generating ships, which are part of Turkey's Karadeniz Energy Group, have been seized and prevented from leaving Lebanon. This is in connection with a probe connected to commissions. The average salary at ESCOM is just under seven hundred and forty thousand rand a year, but workers want 15% more. The power utility is currently in talks with the National Union of Metalworkers of South Africa, the National Union of Mine Workers and Solidarity regarding a wage deal. The two biggest unions, Numza and Num, are seeking a 15% increase, while Solidarity wants a 9.5% increase for its members. Eskom says the salary increases are unaffordable and has asked the unions to revise their demands downwards. The Financial Sector Conduct Authority has withdrawn a cautionary notice warning that the cryptocurrency business OVEX is not authorised to operate. In a statement, the regulatory authority says that OVEX is in correspondence with the FSCA because it believes that its business model does not require it to obtain a financial services provider license. This is because it does not conduct financial services. The FSCA is currently investigating these matters and therefore withdraws the previous release until such time as the investigation is completed, it says. Meanwhile, Bloomberg reports that the Dogecoin frenzy is reaching fever pitch. This is as Elon Musk, the South African founder of Tesla, prepares to host Saturday Night Live, with speculation that Musk is poised to talk up his beloved token. Coinbase Global, the largest U.S. digital asset exchange, plunged to a record low this week, partly because it does not offer enough speculative coins like Dogecoin. Investors fled high-flying U.S. market newcomers this week with Mike Bailey, Director of Research at FBB Capital Partners, quoted as saying, We saw a mini-bubble in SPACs, IPOs, crypto, cleantech and hypergrowth in late 2020 and early 2021. Many of these asset classes are now nursing bad hangovers, he says. South Africa is on track to receive enough COVID-19 vaccines to cover about two-thirds of the population, but half of these shots will only be delivered after September. That's according to President Ramaphosa who told Parliament on Thursday that the country has secured orders for just under 53 million shots. And that brings to a close your Business Flash Briefing. For more on those and the other big stories of the day, do go to biznewsradio.com. I'm Jackie Cameron for BizNews.
1: Thanks, Jackie. Wow. So the power ships that have now been uh, commissioned by South Africa from Turkey under huge controversy are being pulled in Lebanon because of commissions, in inverted commerce.
2: Aldworth yeah. and Bilati 2.0 next week, Alec.
1: Hey, there we go. Yeah, we'll get Aldworth we'll get back because this has got to really resonate with every South African who says, hang on a minute, I thought Ramaphosa was coming into power to clean up the corruption, and yet we have these power ships from Turkey who are being shown to be corrupt elsewhere in the world and, and big allegations here?
2: It's crazy, Alec, but... You Alex, you know what's also crazy? The Financial Services Conduct Authority, the FSCA, comes out yesterday, issues a warning against OVEX, on that same day retracts their statement. There are a whole lot of unnecessary legacy issues that OVEX has to deal with now. When the FSCA comes um, with a statement, often it's about insider trading or collusion, and the companies or corporations are required to pay a fine. Now the FSCA have caused unnecessary uh, legacy issues on ovex and i think they need to pay a fine or some remuneration <laughs> towards ovex <laughs> otherwise otherwise it's basically setting a precedent that you can inside a trade apologize and that's it
1: yeah okay well we were talking about power ships but i know you're very hot under the collar on ovex we had uh, um john, john on from ovex the ceo last night to say they have retracted the statement it's again in our flash briefing tonight But I don't think you're going to get the authorities anywhere in the world to pay fines for getting it wrong.
2: Never. I just think there's double standards at play, that's all.
1: Well, there are double standards at play in a lot of areas, but that's why we're the media. That's why we're (laughs) here to point, uh, well, to expose things, to ask the questions, and uh, there are lots of questions to be asked at the moment, not least on those blooming power ships. But Brightrock believes that with every change in life comes opportunity and the markets aren't any different the daily movements in the markets mean change for us all sometimes small sometimes big this daily market report is made just for you by brightrock the first ever needs match life insurance that changes as your life changes well before we pick up with dr richard smith here's justin Rowe roberts with today's market report
2: The JSC ends the week in the green with the all-share index up at 68,500. Some of the highlights included NASPIS up 50 Rand to 3,330 Rand a share, Redefine up 4% to 4 Rand 30, Anglo Gold up 3.5% to 660 Rand a share, and Old Mutual up 3% to 13 Rand 30. In the currency markets the rand strengthened against all the major currencies to 14 rand 7 cents to the dollar, 19 rand 67 cents to the pound and 17 rand 9 cents to the euro. Gold is up at $1,834 an ounce. Brent crude is down at $68.40 a barrel and the premier cryptocurrency will put you back a touch over 800,000 rand of bitcoin.
1: And this market report was made just for you by Brightrock. The first ever needs matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. You're listening to the Biz News Power Hour brought to you by the team at BizNews.com. Well, across to the United States now, where we welcome Dr. Richard Smith, chairman of the Foundation for Study of Cycles. I would urge you to Google uh, the Foundation for Study of Cycles, they've got some fantastic information there, a real good, solid investment guidance that you'll get. But, uh, Richard, last time we spoke, it was about Ray Dalio and his uh, bubbles uh, theory or his his bubble indicator, and you you helped us to to unpack a lot of that. In the interim, we've been uh, we had a report from Howard Marks. I'm sure you you know Howard Marks again, one of the investment mm-hmm. gurus, uh, and and he's yep. been influenced by his son Andrew uh, to take a different view completely on these tech stocks the idea now yeah. supposedly is you buy them and you hold them and you don't worry about anything because they're just going to keep going up forever now nothing in cycles mm-hmm. goes up forever but it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on uh, amazon apple uh, alphabet the the way that these uh, companies are performing at the moment and as a, as a consequence their share prices
5: well i think that the technology Revolution and rotation is here to stay. So I think that COVID has absolutely shifted uh, our economy more heavily towards technology, and I think that even as you know, vaccines are taking hold in some places, anyways. You still see big changes in the way that we're running our lives, and you know we're not getting back on planes for business travel. And yes, people want to get out, but we're also realizing you know there's just a lot of efficiency to be gained from technology. So I do think that um, you know there's some merit to what uh, Mr. Marks is saying, and but at the same time. Uh, things don't go straight up (laughs) without any uh, without ever going down so that's where the rub is you know Um, I personally think it's time to be nibbling on some of these technology opportunities that have taken a hit I'm getting interested um, but I don't have any illusion that they might fall you know dramatically further from here so I think uh, um, by the dips You know, slowly. (laughs) And uh, yeah, you do need to be thinking about holding for at least a few years, right? I mean, if you're just looking to trade, I don't think this is the time. Um, You know, catching a falling knife is always a dangerous proposition. But I do think for anybody who's thinking out at least, you know, a few years ahead, that uh, won't hurt to do some nibbling here. And I do think we'll ultimately see these um, technology companies bounce back peloton is pretty interesting right now right they just got really whacked but look i think peloton is a big part of the future of um the fitness economy and uh happy to be able to buy it much cheaper than i could have you know not too long ago
1: you also helped us last time by uh, giving us the distinction between the technology shares the big uh, mm-hmm. tech companies which mm-hmm. uh, we've seen fantastic performances from and what they call emerging tech which have also mm-hmm. come under some pressure would you uh, be looking at emerging tech uh, a little bit uh, with a bit of dubious uh, intent uh, they they have come back but there were uh, lots of those shares were, were very very high
5: I'm a big fan of emerging tech, you know. I've always been uh, concerned about the average person and concerned about over-concentration of power. So, you know, rah-rah, emerging tech, <laughs> you know. Uh, at the same time, you know, it's hard to uh, overlook the economies of scale that the Apples and Googles and of the world have. I do hope that there's going to be some checks on their power i i do hope that you know we're gonna see some uh new horses in the race because i am really concerned about the level of power accumulated by um by big tech so yes i think emerging tech is still um something that people should be looking at and i think cryptocurrencies are something that people should be looking at I mean, I can't wrap my mind around Dogecoin at this point. I want to be a believer. You know, I love the fun. I love the irreverence, but $100 billion for something where there's absolutely no development going on and no real, you know, answer to what makes this thing valuable other than, you know, a bunch of people are going to force it into existence, Um that's the kind of emerging tech I think you got to be careful of at this point. But, Doctor Smith, in general de- emerging tech—if you're going to do a little digging, you're willing to put a little sweat in—that's um, where I'm at.
2: Dr. Smith, will get to cryptocurrencies in a second. Just staying on the theme of emerging tech, I was having a look yeah. today at Wood's ARK Innovation Fund down 13% year to date. Would you say that's a good entry point into those emerging tech names or, or would you single out names within that fund and rather go a little bit more concentrated?
5: I think it depends on how much time you've got to put into it on your own. So if you don't have any time to put into it, I think Kathy Wood and the ARC Fund are a great opportunity to have somebody basically do that due diligence for you. I'm a big fan of Kathy Wood. I was skeptical when I first learned about her and you know all this growth. Come on, but the more I dug, uh, the deeper she got. You know, um, I love the fact that she said, "Forget about the benchmarks." You know, benchmarks are false gods. And I think that's so true. You know, everybody's so focused on the benchmarks when really she's got conviction, you know, and she's going with her conviction and she tells you straight up, you know, it's going to be a wild ride, but if you want to go where I think the world's going, then come on. So I, you know, I think she's great. And I think for anybody who wants to outsource their due diligence, you know, she's, she's a great way to do it. Um, You know, she's got, it's a lot harder to um, put that much money to work, right? So I think anybody who's willing to do a little research on their own can probably do better. Um, But it does take time. And if you got other things you got to be doing, there's nothing wrong with outsourcing.
1: (laughs) I came across her in 2018. And it was at the time that uh, there were some uh, big shorts on Tesla. And mm-hmm. she was the other side. And she was very small in 2018, uh, almost mm-hmm. unheard of. Yet yeah. uh, they, Bloomberg, who's our, one of our partners, they brought her in to counter uh, what the Shorts were saying about Tesla. And she was very strong conviction at that stage. And my goodness, she's been right. Recently, however, she's just bought big into Twitter. Uh, now, we all know Twitter. Uh, because most of us use it. But is it a a stock to think about investing in now?
5: I've heard some other people, very knowledgeable, talking about Twitter as a really interesting opportunity. And I think that you saw them this week talk about adding tips via PayPal. Uh, You know, that got a lot of their content producers really excited. Um, So uh, as much as I hate to say it, I think – Twitter is pretty interesting at this point. I think they have a lot of monetization opportunities that uh, haven't uh, really been fully appreciated yet. So it looks interesting to me. You know, they had a bad quarterly report and um, uh, disappointed investors, I guess, and they're not looking as glamorous as Apple and Google, et cetera. But, uh, But yeah, I've heard some really smart people um, seeing some interesting things about Twitter that made me stop and think. I'm not buying it, you know, but uh, I just have a a uh, little beef with big technology at this point. <laughs> but um, but I think it is an interesting opportunity, and I could see why people are interested in it.
2: Dr. Smith, there's been a lot of short-term gyrations in the market currently, and and on Wall Street, analysts seem to be divided about where valuations are at. What's your opinion? Are we at the top of the cycle, or where are we at? I mean, it seems like this is going to be the year for Main Street over over say the S&P Wall Street um, kind of theme. <laughs>
5: Um, I did an interview with Jay Kappel from Sentiment Trader over at the FSC YouTube channel, and uh, he pointed out that the Schiller P.E. ratio, right, is around 38 right now, and that's pretty high, you know. Uh, look, Kathy Wood says back in 1900, P.E.s went to 100, right? Um, anything's possible. So, but 38 is high, you know. It's on historically the high side, even over the past 100 years. And, you know, I mean, that just is not even counting Dogecoin and SPACs, right? So, um, look, it's a time we're 12 years into the quantitative easing regime since 2008-9. And there there can be more, you know, Uh, there's a lot of liquidity in the world, Um, a lot of purchasing power at the Fed. But uh, I think that it's later in the game than earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: let's uh, finish off with cryptocurrencies. Uh, there is a, a view that it's either the, the, the next big thing, the best thing that's hit the world, mm-hmm. or that it's yeah. a little bit like the, uh, the tulip bulbs. Uh, you're just looking for a greater fool that you can sell on to uh, because there's no actual return that you can look yeah. at in, in cryptos. How are you reading it?
5: I think that cryptocurrency is a revolution, a technology revolution. I think that what's going on right now with the likes of Dogecoin is a distraction from that revolution. I'm, I'm personally interested in BSV, which is um, – uh, there was a spinoff from, from BTC Bitcoin. It was Bitcoin Cash, right? And then Craig Wright – uh, controversial character who claims to be Satoshi Nakamoto, said, no, we need still a different way. Um, we need to go back to the basics of the original paper. I, he says, I wrote the original paper, and here's how Bitcoin should really work, and it really does need to be scalable. It's not digital gold. And whatever you think of that um, uh, idea that he's Satoshi Nakamoto, what has interested me about it is that he really has, um, there really is an ecosystem developing around BSV where you have real um, applications being developed. I was just on with a guy yesterday, a founder of a wallet based on BSV called HandCash. Amazing entrepreneur, amazing ecosystem that's being developed, and he went through Bitcoin, he went through Bitcoin Cash, he tried everything else, he couldn't make it scale, and he's making it scale here. And he's growing his business and he's got interest from esports. Really exciting stuff. So that's the kind of stuff that gets me fired up. Let's talk, let's say it's the utility, right? The meme piece, just Dogecoin and Musk on Saturday Night Live. I think it's dangerous for the crypto blockchain world because I think there is real technology there that does um, kind of push power out to the edges, right? Like I've talked about being concerned about centralization. I do think that this technology is capable of moving power out from the middle out to the edge, which I think is really needed. Um, so I hope Dogecoin can turn into something, uh, you know, meaningful right now. It just looks like fun and that's not worth a hundred billion dollars to me.
1: Richard, uh, just to close off with, you did mention Satoshi Nakamoto. Now, you know who it is. We've got many listeners here in South Africa who, who are not as close to the whole uh, mm-hmm. Bitcoin story. Can you just unpack that for us uh, quickly? There, there was, a, there was a, a view at some sure. point that Elon Musk was actually uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> and now you tell us there's somebody right. else who's actually claiming to be.
5: Satoshi Nakamoto is the author of the white paper, that launched Bitcoin and uh, and also the owner of a wallet that has a lot of Bitcoin in it that um, has, hasn't been moved. So uh, the world owes great debt to whoever Satoshi Nakamoto is basically the creator of Bitcoin. I've heard many different theories, including that it's actually the NSA. So um, there's, you know we may never know uh craig wright is an australian who has made some some uh credible um, uh, efforts i guess to demonstrate that he is satoshi nakamoto i don't know if he is or not but i do know that the ecosystem that he's built is really interesting
1: and just to again to close <laughs> off this time on our youtube uh, channel we do have a, a question i'd like to give to you from simpiwe okay he says will cloud services determine who wins the big tech wars as azure google cloud and of course aws
5: who wins the the big tech wars i don't think so you know uh i think that again and this is one of the areas where blockchain and crypto is really innovating is actually kind of making the cloud more decentralized. And I met with a young man recently who developed Pocket Network, doing some really interesting things there. There's Filecoin. So I think that there's a lot of computing resources out there that remain unused all the time. God, when I look around my office, you know, it's like I got practically have a supercomputer in here. (laughs) That's got to be able to put to better use, and I think once we figure out the technology to do that, that's going to, you know, put some pressure on the margins of AWS and, and uh, other big services. And I think that, you know, rightfully so. People are questioning uh, how much intelligence, you know, it's smart to give those companies that, that obviously aren't just in the cloud business, right? They're in other businesses and they're using that data in other ways, that I don't think we fully understand and appreciate and I think would probably give us pause if we did.
1: You've given us a couple of very good uh, insights there. There's uh, a guy called uh, Jared Linear, uh, L- Larry. Yeah,
5: Jared uh, Linear. Who's, yeah, uh,
1: who's who's written, uh, I, I got to see him in, in London a, a while ago and and he really mm-hmm. has got some fantastic insights. And then Craig Wright, we'll go out and, uh, and look at, Uh, uh, understand a little bit more listen to
5: him you know there's a lot of controversy but when you really listen to what he says i at least go you know what that makes more sense to me than dogecoin
1: dr richard smith from the foundation for study of cycles as always lovely to have you on the program Well, from looking at the big picture internationally to the picture here in South Africa, and particularly uh, as far as the South African RAND is concerned. it's warm welcome to Andre celia Andre is the currency strategist and an executive at Treasury One. Andre, lovely having you on the program this Friday night. Uh, I hope we're not keeping you away from uh, from your festive Friday, but it's certainly our festive Friday. We, we're a bit worried about the RAND, uh, Justin and I. We're looking at it and thinking it's... It's uh, very strong, and if U.S. interest rates start going up, are we going to see the rand weakening? Can we position portfolios accordingly? How are you reading it at the moment?
6: Well, if you look at the rand, uh, it's still very much a commodity story, and with commodities on the on the upward move, and a Federal Reserve that uh, continuously say that they will not move on short-term rates until such time as they see inflation reaching the 2% target that they've set, uh, in spite of the uh, words spoken by uh, Janet Janet Yellen, uh, and then retreating from that, uh, that's the case. You know, we have an inflow of dollars. We have, and we've seen the Sabanya results this week, uh, bursting the bubbles, you know, 19 billion uh, in the first quarter of income before uh, earnings, before tax, and so forth. You know, so... A commodity story. And and, and South Africa is just doing well. And as people expect the economies in the world to do a little bit better, uh, coming out of the COVID situation and vaccinations doing better.
1: Andre, I hope you're still there. But we had uh, Neil Froneman on the show last night. And uh, basically, he was saying to us that. It's probably going to be a better second quarter.
2: Yeah, so so the actual precious metals baskets, that's Rhodium, Palladium, Platinum, they've actually increased so far in the six weeks in quarter two. So uh, very exciting for for Sabanya. But how much higher can these metals go? That is the question.
1: Andre? No, I think we've lost Andre. Oh, dear. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. Um, I'll give him a call back and uh, maybe... You know just just recapping on that, the, the, the whole story of the retraction by Janet Yellen, which is really interesting, because there you have the U.S. Treasury secretary who tells us that the, uh, on the one day that interest rates are going up, the markets take a knock, and then later that afternoon. She uh, she she retracts her statement a little bit like the uh, the, the, the FSCA. You,
2: you've got to think if this was maybe a phone call from Jerome Powell saying, "Listen, yeah, I know Jerome Powell's got big e- ETFs in BlackRock. So as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as those started to uh, tank. started to tank, then I think he went onto the phone to Yellen and told her to." resurrect her comments.
1: Andre, I don't know how we lost you, but we we have got you back. So Justin's question was how much further can these commodity prices go? Are we in a super cycle?
6: Well, we're at the levels of the gold price, which I think if it breaches the uh, 1,850 level, which is getting closer, it was there close today, uh, then we could go above the 1900s. I think palladium could most probably – Reach 3,000 and go further. So I think there's still a little bit of room. And as once again, you know, as economies are doing better, uh, as they come out of the COVID-19 situation and, and growth comes back, we could still see further uh, demand for commodities. So there's still some room for it to improve, and South Africa to benefit from that, and the whole emerging market space. Uh, as things uh, get back to normal growth or better growth in the world, uh, will benefit. And 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 it's quite a long time off before we're going to see a change in interest rates from the Federal Reserve. I think the the name of the game there is to watch the inflation figures coming out of that area.
1: Andre, it's it's there's a direct correlation between. Commodity prices in the South African RAND. I've looked at that graph many, many times. And we get all hit up here in our country about politics and about the drama. But actually, the RAND is influenced, I think as you've been unpacking in a, a little while, by something much, much bigger, a much bigger uh, story. So I guess if you want to know where the rand's going to go, you have to look at where commodities are going.
6: You have to look at where commodities are going. You have to look at where the international uh, markets are going. You have to look at what is internationally happening. 70% – and I've always used that figure – 70% of what happens in the RAND market has absolutely got nothing to do with what happens domestically. And people shrug off uh, the political drama. And, and you know the political drama is, is, is a bit of a stage play uh, in front of a very small audience. Uh, and people should not pay too much attention to that. And as long as we're not running down the streets with AK-47s and armored vehicles uh, to get rid of people, and, and we do it democratically, uh, the world still deems us a fairly democratic South Africa. Um, and, and so, you know, people shouldn't get ahead a of themselves just because of the political turmoil that happens. And I think Mr. Ramaphosa had, had said it very, very nah.
1: Sorry, Andre, we seem to have lost you again. Um, yeah, we definitely have lost him again. Uh, Jean-Pierre Heldenhaus asked uh, an interesting question. And while I get Andre up again for the hopefully last time, uh, he was asking about uh, – Andre, uh, I think you're back with us. Uh, Jean-Pierre Heldenhaus asked a question on our YouTube live chat. He says, will new cryptocurrencies keep appearing – or are the main currencies deeply entrenched?
6: I think cryptocurrencies are here to stay with us. Uh, I'd be careful of too many new ones coming on the block, uh, but they're here to stay with us. its uh, I want to call it a new asset class, and it's going to remain with us. And I've, for a very, very long time, held the opinion that you know you should have a part of your money put away into that asset class not all of your money but a certain percentage can be placed into that
2: andre uh, this is how i see it with regards to currencies tell me where i'm wrong mr froneman said that there's strong supply dyna- demand dynamics with regards to the precious group metals as you say gold might, might make a breakthrough through 1850 um which could be really positive And uh, our economy is overheating, inflation is visible, food prices, petrol prices, we will most likely get a rate hike before the US gets a rate hike. Is there more runway for the RAND to get stronger from here?
6: If it breaches the 14 level and if the dollar continues on its weakening path uh, and going above 122 uh, up to the 124, 125 areas, look out for the 1375 area. Uh, so, yes, there is still some room uh, for the RAN to appreciate. We must keep in mind that the RAN currently is still an undervalued currency uh, measured against a basket of currencies. So, yes, there is still some room.
1: Andre Salir is the uh, currency strategist and an executive at Treasury One. Now he can get on to his other phone calls. You'll probably find out what happened Was someone heard him and said, Hey, Andre, you're on the radio, <laughs> which, of course, uh, took us off on our WhatsApp call. We usually use WhatsApp because it's clearer and you can hear it more clearly. But, of course, it's, it's got its deficiencies as well. You're listening to the Biz News Power Hour, brought to you by the team at biznews.com. Well, our colleague Nadia Swat joins us now uh, to talk about your world, Nadia. You've you've actually taken us, you've catapulted us into the uh, global community with your videos. I love them. I think, uh, well, we know that our community love them as well. Uh, the last one you did from the Biz News Investment Conference with. Uh, on Nick Hudson, got half a million, 500,000 views on YouTube before YouTube decided they didn't like his message and then took it down. What are you seeing out of all of this? And, and you mentioned earlier that you've also got something that's going a bit nuts uh, that, that Helen Ziller has been talking about.
3: You know, when I, when I made that video and... Generally, if I'm, if I'm making a video, I, I mean, I was there, I listened to the presentation, but actually editing and re-editing and revisiting everything, there were so many essential elements, and it was data, it was facts. And when it was published, there were, I mean, every, like, third comment was, um, I can't believe this video hasn't been deleted or it hasn't been removed yet, or I'm downloading this so that I can, you know, have it. And didn't really phase me and six days afterwards um when it was removed I was like very like oddly devastated in a way on many levels it just it it, it sort of made it real that it had obviously reached a certain level where someone was so bothered by the fact that data and facts are out there uh, to enable people to make up their own minds. That's purely what it is. It's not in any which way convincing someone of anything. It's just data and facts. That's what's so scary about it. And it was removed. And um, Helen Zilla, I mean, her interview with you also just completely blew my mind. I mean, I didn't, I knew nothing really about this woman except that she was part of the DA and then she disappeared. And she also speaks about cancel culture and it's the same, like, Threatening vein of, you know, anyone that has an alternative viewpoint is they're ridiculed, they're shamed, but more, you know, scarily, they're just cancelled. Um, so that theme between the two interviews and the two the messages that both of those people have is is just something that really stood out for me.
1: It is interesting when we have a look at the way that censorship is now coming onto these platforms. I guess we have censorship at Biz News in a way. Uh, If somebody writes a crazy story and asks us to publish it, uh, we'll check it out before we do publish it. So you you can't argue with YouTube making its view, but what it's done, uh, and Nick Hudson said in the most recent interview I had with him, is it has given other channels an opportunity and we've had more than half a million downloads on those, things like Odyssey, Vimeo, etc., so it is interesting to see that the truth will actually come out in some way, or if you don't believe it's the truth, at least somebody's version of the yeah. truth.
3: Yeah. And also, I mean, it's incredible because these videos that actually accumulated, like in the amount of views that we'll never actually you know know the full extent of, they came from sources all over the world. These were people that did actually download the video on YouTube because they preempted its removal. And the next thing I knew when I was on Odyssey, like I think we were probably about the ninth or tenth platform like or, or account to actually post video. So it just I think it's important that people have this information. It's just it's, it's yeah, it's very scary that it's, it, it bothers someone so much and and then you have to ask yourself why. Carrie, you
1: watched Nick Hudson at the Business News Investment Conference. And he's coming back again, by I the way. I watched him
3: very closely. You
1: did. Mm. <laughs> and, and
0: <laughs> Nadia and I both watched him very closely. Well, I, I think he is.
1: Uh, he, he, I think he's going
0: to be too terrified to come back to, to another Business Conference.
1: <laughs> but he's a, he's a he's a measured guy. He's. He's not crazy out there, wacky. He's not crazy.
0: He's just, he was the first person who made me believe in the 12 months of COVID madness that I wasn't actually as daft as I'd been told I was. It was the first time I actually listened to somebody speaking who, who made sense and backed it up with fact. It was fact.
1: Well, and that's Carrie Adams, by the way. And this is Carrie's uh, corner, the naughty corner. So what we can talk about all corner? of these we can be things.
0: We Yeah.
1: And uh, Carrie's p- going to be back at the Biz News Conference in, uh, at the end of August, beginning of September. I We've already so. got, well, I won't say a full house, but we're close to a full house Don't already. We? It's four months to go. Well, depending on the government. If the government says we can have more than 100 people, then we can... Uh, they we might can take, take more.
0: us off altogether.
1: The like, government class.
0: like No, but like, what's a face? No, this is, a, this is a kingdom.
1: This isn't a kingdom. They
0: might just no, take us off No, 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 kingdom All of
1: KZN, KZN if those things don't happen. We just appeal mm-hmm. to the... We in Corsi, just but
0: disappear,
1: <laughs> you know. Business <laughs> causing
0: too much trouble.
1: Conspiracy theorists <laughs> here. <laughs> Carrie's Corner, it is. And it's time for you to take over and tell us who your guest is. This week, are we talking wine? Are we talking, uh, so we're talking uh, spirits? We're
3: talking
0: wineish. Wineish, and we're speaking to Jeremy Sampson, who's a really good old mate of mine, arguably the best brand guru in the country, and he has worked here and in the UK. And if your reputation is in tatters, which Nadia's and mine was after the conference. You don't go to Ghostbusters, you go to Jeremy Sampson. Is he on the line with us? He is indeed. Jeremy, hello.
7: Hello, Carrie. It's (laughs) a long time since I've been in the Naughty Corner, so uh, good good to be with you. And hello, Alec, and hello to your listeners.
1: (laughs) Jeremy, lovely to have you on the show. Uh, Good to be with you, Alec. uh, Rolling ahead, yeah, and it's always fun on a Friday.
7: (laughs) It's
0: always fun on a Friday. And Jeremy and I had, I mean, the listeners, any of those who used to listen to us on Classic FM when we did a wine hour... Jeremy was a regular guest, and we used to really sit the cat amongst the pigeons, hey, Jim, didn't we?
7: Well, I think we did, and I have to say I was very privileged because... I think in the time you were doing the program, there were only two that you couldn't do. And one of them you asked Michael Fridgen to stand in view, and Mm. the other you asked me. So um, we we tried to be as naughty as you, but we failed (laughs) dismally. I think.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So my question to you this evening, there are two questions, or a couple of questions, but the first one that I wanted to ask, as Mr. Brand, South Africa, can you, do you think that we can quantify the damage to brand South Africa as a direct result of the government's handling or mishandling of the COVID situation.
7: Gee, and I thought this was going to be a fun No, when was it minutes. ever going to be easy? <laughs>
0: the next one's much more fun, Tim. Come on.
7: Look, I think that people forget, um, especially our members of parliament, that we're part of a global community. You and I can tweet... Um, I've heard Alec talking about, you know, listeners from all around the world to Biz News Radio. And that's the world we live in. Um, So anything that goes wrong, and I have family living in the UK and in the States, and often they're phoning me up saying, what's going on? We've just seen this, or we've just seen that, or we've seen all the restaurants have been burgled. um, So you're not going out, are you? You're staying Mm. safe. Um, And this is the reality today, that stuff goes around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I read that yesterday our foreign minister, although she's got a much grander title now, Um, Mrs Pandor in London was actually speaking to CNN and saying oh no 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 don't worry we're getting on top of corruption don't worry about that (laughs) everything will be fine. Meanwhile all of us you only have to listen to the radio television, the newspapers and hey we've got the Sunday papers coming in two days haven't we? What a bundle of fun they'll be. I
0: know well I just you know the extent is huge and I do wonder listening to was it Andre earlier who was our financial sort of commentator and when when we see and we have these injections on a daily basis, um uncovering the levels, the absolutely ghastly, enormous levels of corruption within the state. Is that you gone, Jim? Oh you there. Okay, sorry, I'm, I heard yeah. beeping. You know what's no, hectic <laughs> corruption, do you think that it instills or encourages um Anybody with any brains in any sense wanting to invest in South Africa?
7: Uh, Look, I I think there is still a lot of interest, there is still action, but I think a lot of people... Locally and internationally are keeping away from anything to do with the South African government mm. because they know immediately that there will be percentages laid on the table. You no, know, I've spoken to people locally, as I'm sure you have, have, said, "Oh, we can get the business. All we have to do is pay, you no, know, 15% here and 20% there, <laughs> um, and then we'll be fine." Yes. And oh, by the way, the 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 PA of that minister. And I've heard this, the PA of that minister or that minister, uh, they're available to be a non-executive director, and that'll help as well. Yes, um, cool, so cool. those stories are absolutely real. Mm. That hasn't changed, and it's going on. No, we heard, was it yesterday, that someone, someone on the Zondo Commission was actually approached and tried to be bribed as a witness for the Zondo. No, <laughs> it's happening still all the time. Mm. It hasn't gone away.
0: Mm. So that is quite a problem, and we're going to have to put our heads together, all of us, if we want this to work, to see how that we do. And you are Mr. Let's Get Your Reputation back out there. So we'll have to keep that for another time. Whilst we're on the the thing of brand South Africa, what about brand wine South Africa? Stop, start, in, out, six months working, six months staying at home. Then you've got tanks, then you haven't. Then you've got bottles, then you haven't. Then you may sell in the bottle store, then you may not. And while this is all messing around, and can we wear slip slops, and should we buy long sleeve t shirts, everybody else is buying vaccines. What's going on?
7: Well, this is where we are living in a crazy, crazy, crazy world. Mm. To start with, in South Africa, if we're not vaccinated, people won't come. It's Mm. as simple as that. That's it. It's not a safe. It's not a safe place to come to. And know, people talk about. Um, you know, the, the top countries having their vaccinations, but the rest of the world hasn't. You know who's got 100% vaccination? The Seychelles. And why do you think the Seychelles has got 100% vaccination? It's because they want tourists. Exactly. That's what they rely on.
0: And that's and what it's, I was it's getting not, to. Yeah. Our tourists, well, because you and I both know that I'm much beloved, and I need not tell anybody that Jeremy and I have a common expensive lover. And it's called wine, and and you
7: respect- have to be worried.
0: Though. <laughs> no, I'm not going to. Sharon, don't worry. Close your ears. Um, the big part of the wine industry, to be to be sensible for a minute, is tourism. Do you think that it's going to start picking up if we don't get our vaccination act together?
7: Well, you and I know that anyone who visits the Western Cape immediately falls in love with it. Mm. No, just the the beauty of the geography, of the wine, and the welcome that you'll get there, it's totally, utterly seductive. And that's our main shop window. And we need to get the people here. But if... We're not getting vaccinated and then, of course, we might have new strains and that complicates things even more because perhaps the vaccines won't cover the new strains. Now, I've been saying for a long time, think of COVID a bit like a very bad flu every year probably we're going to have to have a booster after we've been vaccinated of course, of course. but yeah. a booster everywhere people don't realize the flu jab we get every year if you do get it is different every single year mm. it evolves to cover the main sort of flu that are around oh and it'll be the same with covid So what's the point of having fantastic wine, fantastic estates, if people can't come here? Mm. And everyone's talking about this third wave, which might hit in July or August or whatever. That is the height of the Northern Hemisphere um, holidays. Mm. And one would hope that some of them will be coming down here, because even though the Rand's strong at the moment, we're still very cheap uh, in a global stand.
0: Yes, we are. And we offer unbelievable value for money, for not too much money.
7: Yeah, but the other thing is, Kerry, as you know, the world of wine is in turmoil. Mm. You know, the Australians that were living off the Chinese, um, I think in the quarter before Christmas, it was down to about 1% of what they normally send to China, mm. because China now, uh, and this is, you no know, Alex area, but you know, when it comes to trade and economy, they've closed off the
1: Aussies. If you well, look at the just, figures they, they
0: slapped a two hundred and eighteen percent tariff on wine
1: imports. They they stopped the, the Aussies stopped China from buying Wilson Bailey, our Wilson Bailey's uh, subsidiary in Australia. Oh, did they? Yeah. So you can imagine what Jeremy says is very real. There's a lot of friction between those two countries.
7: Wow. It's huge. But do you see how the Australians have got their act together and their exports to France? France of all places over twenty mm. percent. Mm. And then of course, you know, we haven't mentioned Brexit. Um, so around the world there is all sorts of things changing. And then we ask the question, what's South Africa wine doing about it? It's so fragmented, so many of these little estates and little farms mm. that they haven't got the scale or the size or, or the, the budgets for marketing. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Mm. What are we going to So do we're in do a bit then? of a we're in a bit of a state of disarray and I, I think this is where people need to get together. It's like a lot of things in this country. It's all very well you or I or Alec or whoever saying the ANC's you now cocking up the whole country. But if we don't do it together, it's all very oh, well mean one cock it up voice together. here. Well <laughs> you the the mess of the whole thing. Sorry, I'm in the naughty corner already, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're in so but, have but you had is, a vaccine yet?
7: No. But then I hear of one of my wife's relatives in Zimbabwe. He got his job last week <laughs> in Zimbabwe. Yes, of course you know. he did. <laughs> well, you know, and, and then I have a, a, a brother older than me in England. He got his second job in January, you know, that far away. No, but this and, is you know, better. Eh,
1: eh, this is better. Eh, Uganda. <laughs> Uganda, 80% vaccinated. <laughs> Israel, 100%.
0: Well, we've got a big problem because, as I say, every morning I think to myself, if I put these slip-slops on, maybe I'm going to get COVID. And then I get a message on my SMS from Discovery saying, Dear Mrs. Adams, you can sign up to get your COVID thing. And we've got such conflicting reports on them that I don't know that if I have that vaccine and I have a glass of Sternberg Sauvignon Blanc at the same time, if I'm going to have a hand growing out of the middle of my back by tomorrow morning... I don't know. What, what vaccine do we get
7: in the end? Yeah, but then I was told by my cardiologist, um, a gentleman you know, um, <laughs> two months ago to, to put my marker down and register on the government website, which I did, mm. and, and they said, put down where you want to go for it. And I put down my local pharmacy in near Melrose Arch, who I've been going to, a community guy, and then he says to me a week later, you haven't registered with me, have you? And I said, yes, I have. He said, well, register somewhere else. He said, they want me to do this and do that and do a training and, and course. And you're not allowed to get because go- you're
0: British anyway. So go back to Britain, you whitey. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't had one yet, have you?
7: No, nowhere near. And I, and I have to say, I'm also hearing of nurses and frontline workers know, in Johannesburg bad. who haven't had it either. Mm. Uh, and, you know, this is where we all know the frontline workers should be the first. I believe all members of parliament have had it there.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they have. Well, I think I know that it's irresponsible, but I do think that we could start injecting every second or third bottle of Grasser maybe with a vaccine. And everybody who had a glass of wine would inadvertently be vaccinated some which way around. We've got to get clever about this, guys. Come on. You know, we've got do having an absolute hysterics in the studio here. But how are we going to get this done? Can the wine industry do anything to help South Africa? In well, its,
7: it's called incentivization, isn't it? You've got to incentivize. You know, those clever people in Chicago will talk about how do you nudge people to make the right decisions. Mm. And there are some very clever people Around, not the people who told you to wear open socks or <laughs> this or that, but there are some clever people around and they need to take over. Yeah. And yes, you're absolutely right, get the jab going. Even yeah. if the jabs arrive, you know, the first lot arrived, the great fanfare, they sat, what, in a warehouse in Midrand and under armed guard, I believe. Yeah. Then they expired, <laughs> then they flogged them to re- other it's parts India. of Africa. You know, and th- and this is where the discounts. And look what's going on in India. And this is where Brazil's had disaster, India's had a disaster. People are saying,
1: "Well, Africa's next." Come on, guys! Boy. I, uh, I thought we were. To, we, <laughs> I thought you are joking when you said we we're going to be whining. You're talking about wine. Whining, it sounds like whining, more whining Germany. here.
0: Jeremy, what, no. is your favorite what is
1: he drinking exactly? I was gonna say, yeah. What's
0: your favourite wine at the moment?
1: My favourite wine at
7: the moment, I must say, I have gone back to something called Ruderberg. Do you remember that? Mm. I find on these cold high-belt evenings, as it's getting more chilly, a good bottle of Ruderberg, slightly chilled, or I leave it outside for an hour or so, is fantastic. But in my glass, Mm. yes, KWV, and, uh, you know, owned by Mr. Emmerman now, of course. Yes. But um, we have, let's face it, so many fantastic, very affordable bottles of wine for 60, 70, 80. Although I have to say that I got a, a mailer today for someone talking about a new release of wine and you'll guess what it is going for 1600 rand a bottle <laughs> now if you're into 16 rand a bottle you know you're into luxury brands yes. and that's where from a branding perspective you're into the area where the fakesters try and move in yes. because of course it becomes worthwhile for them when a bottle is that sort of price and mm. upwards
0: mm. are you going to buy one i've tasted it and it's very nice
7: Uh, I haven't tasted it and I can't afford it. And I remember you introduced me to Capensis, um, which was what, 999 a bottle in those days. I don't know what it is today. And then we've got Villa Fonte. Villa Fonte is going for whatever it is. No, 1800, isn't it? Um, Mm. You know, this is where the prices are going up and up and up. But this is perhaps one of the problems internationally that our brands are too cheap. The punters Mm. won't take them seriously if they're there for four, five, six pounds a bottle.
0: And the likes of Mike Ratcliffe is having no trouble selling his Villafonte C at 1800 rand a bottle. He isn't.
7: And that's where he's clever. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's got a club and he's got the quota system, which is what they have, um, in California. Mm. No, people forget that in California, most are small estates, small farms, you can't just rock up and taste. Um, in fact, most places, they don't welcome you at all. Um, they regard themselves as this is their home. We don't want visitors. But what they've got is all these quota systems. And that way you control the price, you control the flow. And, no, know, Mike is doing an absolutely brilliant job. I was mm-hmm. on a webinar with him last week um, as one of the master classes in the run-up to the Cape fine and rare wine yes. auction, which yes. is later this month. No, it's the old Niederberg auction. Mm. And Mike and I were just talking about value and you know, brand value and how so many producers in this country seem to be want to be all things to all men, whereas the best ones often are focused on one or two things. Exactly you know, that. If you, if, you think, if you think Pinotage, do you think Truter. If you think Chardonnay, do you think, well, there are lots of people, but Dvetsov, people mm. like that. Mm. They have almost cornered the market in those, and they're the people who should be lauded.
0: Well, it's called stick to your knitting, really, quite frankly, and we all should do that, shouldn't we?
7: Well, there's a lack of focus.
0: Alex, sort of pointing at me as if I'm in trouble. Do I no, need no, to no, no,
1: not at all. Uh, I'm just wondering about um, those people who've cornered the market, Jeremy. Is that through a brand association? Did they invest in those brands to get there?
7: I, I'm not sure in wine, Alec, like anyone has ever cornered the market in South Africa. Um, I think Philofonte is hoping that it's going that way. You've obviously got people like Kononkop, but they're, they're Their numbers, you know, the the amount they produce is quite small. And Alec, you know that in marketing, it's the four Ps, you know, and you actually look at place and performance and price and all those sorts of things. Those are the basic cornerstones of marketing. And in this country, we haven't got the volumes to do that. And also, as I say, so many people are trying to be fragmented, doing all things to all men, whereas they should cut the focus right down.
0: Well if you want to hear something absolutely ghastly, let's ask Justin what he's drinking this weekend. What are you drinking, Justin? Tell us.
2: Unfortunately, Carrie, I am three weeks out from a huge exam, but you wanna know <laughs> in the ordinary course of business what might What's be my Friday
0: Yeah, your Friday night tipple, Justin. Come so on.
2: straight after this I, I I would take that little C D card as quickly out as possible and load up the power hour onto my mm-hmm. computer. Um, whilst drinking some of your white wine That you bring to the office Yeah then And I'll tonight
0: sh- we're drinking our own A Sauvignon Blanc Gem Just so you know But
2: only one glass Because I'm just If I go down Santon Drive They'll cuff me They will Exactly And then I go down here smut straight into Hyde Park Park my car Race to Hogshead uh, Hogshead have got a nice brandy special So <laughs> get onto one of those Oh Jeremy And then um, What are we going to do with this millennial And then I just take it from there It's,
7: it's a
2: step by step process oh. from there Okay <laughs>
7: So Jeremy. I live just around the corner from the hogshead, so he's oh. one of the delinquents in he the, is that keeps all, you awake. All, all, all the cars are Jeremy, waiting, which Jeremy make a hell a of a really noise. Of <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, I
1: think he's time. not delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's
0: time for me to say goodbye. This has been completely and utterly chaotic. You and I are going to have a sensible, power hour when alec and dudu and justin are not here to corrupt us but thank you in the meantime so much for joining us tonight it's always fun to chat to you
7: my pleasure thanks for the invite and cheers to sternberg it's a beautiful beautiful estate that you must go and visit even if it's just for the water feature and then drink some of their lovely lovely
1: wines Mm. or isn't that also where they have that wonderful golf course Oh,
2: yeah. Stienberg in Cape Town is the premier course. It's beautiful. But, uh, uh, but Jeremy, are you talking about the same Stienberg in Takai? No.
7: Exactly. Yes. yes. No, okay. across, uh, across the road from the prison.
2: Poles. Yes, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the one. That's the one.
1: Yeah. Jeremy Sampson, what a pleasure to have him on the show tonight. Ch- uh, Carrie, you always bring the most fascinating people into our lives. And uh, every Friday we have the Naughty Corner for our Festive Friday with Carrie Adams. But now we have BrightRock, which believes that with every change in life comes opportunity and the markets aren't any different. The daily movements in the markets mean change for us all, sometimes small, sometimes big. This daily market report is made just for you by BrightRock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. And just before he heads off for Hogshead, uh, here's our Justin. Not tonight,
2: Alec. No,
1: you know Justin's doing a, doing a <laughs> CFA. No,
2: I know. I no, that's like
1: him. seriously hard This is Bright,
2: Bright, serious. Brightrock believes uh, the JSE All Share Index was up at <laughs> 68,500. Some of the day's highlights include NASPIS up 50 Rand to 3,330 Rand a share. Redefine up 4% to 4 Rand 30. Anglo Gold up 3.5% to 660 rand a share, and old mutual up 3% to 13 rand 30. In the currency markets, the rand strengthened strongly against all the major currencies to 14 rand 7 cents to the dollar, 19 rand 67 cents to the pound, and 17 rand 9 cents to the euro. Gold is up strongly at $1,834 an ounce, Brent crude is down at $68.40 a barrel, and the premier cryptocurrency which will put you back a touch over 800,000 rand of Bitcoin.
1: And this market report was made just for you by Brightrock, the first ever needs-matched life insurance that changes as your life changes. Rosalind, uh, apologies for not getting around to your question, uh, but I think next time, if you wouldn't mind just tapping it out a little earlier. And just to remind you that you can actually follow all the action live in a video form, I suppose, by going onto our YouTube channel. Where we live stream, which I we live on stream, YouTube. right? we right there, Robert, and that's I've where the chest come from. I
0: do this because my mother said I have a face for radio. I don't want to be on YouTube. Oh,
1: but don't worry, you know, we, we, it's only our friends who are actually watching us <laughs>
0: Yeah, we don't worry who so. watches us really. Friends, family
1: only. Friends, family only. <laughs> it just it only gets into the thousands uh, with the with the recordings. Isn't yes, just yeah, the on? So. And we're just as on. Well, now that the girls know that he's actually mm. studying for a CFA, they're going to give him a. Wide birth. Until he's passed, then a different situation. There, I, w- I,
2: I wish there was anything but the truth, but it's not.
1: But it's been lovely being with you tonight and through this week. We look forward to being back in your company again on Monday, 5.30, for the next episode in the Biz News Power Hour. From our team here in Santon, the richest square mile in Johannes- in Africa uh, still. And i tell you what, the traffic's back, by the way. Uh, yeah, coming coming up it's today, it's chockers once mm. more. So it looks like things are getting back to normal, certainly in, uh, in our part of the world. Uh, we look forward to being back in your company on Monday at 5.30. Until then, from the team at BizNews, cheerio. You've been listening to the Power Hour, brought to you by the team at BizNews.